I'm that chick, been that chick, still that chick, will forever be that chick. I'm the hood, Mother Teresa, break a FAFSA into pieces, had to accept information, not my FAFSA like a ninja. I'm way too inclusive, I don't drop no Insta students, all them fine print words only work till June 30th. Bad chick, still taking cash chips, FAFSA like money, I'm unbothered and relaxing. I will never trip on a FAFSA, that's no problem. Trick, that's my cash, you the boss, so let's bag that. Ah. Happy 2021, yes, we made it. I want to say that all the kids that go to college can be whoever they want to be and do whatever they want to do. Happy New Year! I'm your host, Kwesha Kutu of fundyourfuture.info, and this is Good But Ugly. So I have a confession. I don't want to forever be that FAFSA chick. I didn't want to be the FAFSA chick in the first place. But for some reason, the position that I was in, there was such a need for the information that was in my head. So the last book of 2020 that I finished was The Privileged Poor by Anthony Abraham Jack. And in The Privileged Poor, he spoke about the doubly disadvantaged and the privileged poor. So the privileged poor and the doubly disadvantaged came from the same background, more or less. It's just that in high school, the privileged poor received more resources compared to doubly disadvantaged. Now, they both end up at the same college. It's just the experience is completely different for both of those groups. Um, It really spoke to me because I would say that when I was in undergrad at Virginia Commonwealth University, I was a doubly disadvantaged. I didn't have any help in high school from my family and I was just approaching college very blindly, especially when it came to financial aid. So things were completely different when I decided to get my master's. It was either going back to grad school or becoming a police officer. So when I got to grad school, not only was I a graduate student, but I was also working in the financial aid office. And that is where I really understood um, from behind the scenes what happens. And for the few years that I was there, I would always wonder, who filled out this form? What were they doing? What were they thinking, right? And then having to communicate with parents, they were even more lost. And my program, my graduate program was public administration. And I remember at orientation at my job, and they said that you can get two free classes every semester. So, I figured, okay, it's free school. Why not go back and get your master's? I chose public administration because it was the shortest amount of credits um, because I didn't know how long I would stay at that job. And growing up, you kind of know if you're one of those people that can work for somebody else, somebody else, nine to five, or 
you kind of want to create your own thing, right? So in these classes that I had, they were lawyers and head of security for major companies like Philip Morris and a lot of the city governments. Um, and once they found out I worked in financial aid, it was like, oh my God, that form is hard. Can you please help me? And I'm like, sir, you're in grad school. Um, I, I just didn't connect it. So a few weeks ago, I had a parent said, you know what? Um, FAFSA is difficult because you have to do it once a year. It's not like you do it like every quarter or every semester where you're going to remember, but you kind of forget things. And then your taxes also change. And the language between the FAFSA, your documents, your school's website, the federal website, none of them speak the same language. So a lot of times, of course, we're all lost, right? So how in the world in Broward County did these words like FAFSA guru and FAFSA queen, where internally I'm like, oh, it's so ugly. Um, but I figured out that Broward County is special to me, not only because I had family that I had to get out of the school system, but I realized that the majority of the students are the doubly disadvantaged because I did work with the public school system. So for myself, I did not choose this. I think this podcast is the hardest thing I've ever had to do, which is ridiculous because for the past 10 years, I've been public speaking about financial aid. It's what I know. It's what I love sharing. It helps people just understand and receive validation that they're not crazy. Um, So my hopes for this podcast is that students need to understand that every career, every major, every talent, every position has equal value equal pay, equal purpose, and equal need for humanity to evolve. Um, And that is something that no one told me, right? You kind of just want to go for jobs that, oh, they make a lot of money. And you really don't think about, does that make you happy? Especially when your families are concerned. And I remember reading in The Privileged Poor where these students receive scholarships and opportunities um, and their families disown them. And I've experienced that. And I know now it's like, well, why do I have to give up something just to get something? And I just want to tell everyone, you don't have to. Um, if something isn't right, then just accept it, process it, and move on. Rejection, especially when it comes to higher ed, it's not personal. It's really the universe just saying there's another way. Um, I remember my freshman orientation was in January um, 2002. 
days before my orientation, I found out that I was 16 weeks pregnant. That's about four months that I've had a little clone just quietly growing inside of me and I had no idea. So great, I have a baby inside of me and then I have orientation and then classes start. Um, also working, right? So you have a plan for yourself like, yes, I'm gonna go to school, um, I'm gonna get this degree and then I'm gonna get this great job. I don't know how many people um, whose path is like this, right? Like, you're just like, oh yeah, my plan, yep, it's gonna happen just like that. It doesn't. And I think becoming a parent gave me <laughs> responsibility. Responsibility not for myself, but the next generation and the legacy that you want to leave. So, um, this baby, was delivered in summer and about three weeks later i was back in school and i know that you know we're in a pandemic um human trafficking has gone up and it's it's scary for me as a female um but the same thing was happening almost 20 years ago because I don't know if you're old enough or even you remember, but the DC sniper that was like randomly out in the streets, just like, yeah, that was me because guess what? Classes weren't canceled. Um, so I didn't heal because I had a C-section. So I'm back in school, pumping my gas, working downtown, going to school downtown. and classes aren't canceled no one's like oh we understand that you know the safety of our students they don't care and nothing stops and when you get to class attendance is a major part of financial aid because if you don't attend classes you don't get this money and students often feel that they just have to shoulder life around them that's happening and then also their schoolwork because it's a lot of pressure especially for me i took two gap years and i finally got to college and then it's like boom you're pregnant then what but you know what i finished in four years and i never missed a day yes my first semester i got about four parking tickets because it was just one day and I just, I couldn't be good at everything. So I chose to be on time and just take these parking tickets. Um, so the privileged, poor, and doubly disadvantaged. Um, also, what this book showed me is that there's tons of research happening that can help so many that brings awareness to just creeks or just like little pinholes that we're not paying attention to but really affect so many and colleges aren't i don't know if they're ignoring it or it's it's like a mentality like you need us more than we need you and being staff 
um, you don't get the best treatment. You just don't. And I think being a parent, it forces you to grow up and establish those boundaries. Like if your boss is like, oh, I need you to work on, no. No, because I'm still gonna do everything that I'm supposed to do, check all the boxes, and I'm still going to be faced with professional judgment that tells me no, not right now. To be honest, it's becoming increasingly hard to trust the process. I mean, it's taken our government decades just to realize that, hmm, students completing this form, first place, they don't have money. So do we really need all of these questions? And then the questions that are verified by the IRS who has been hacked, I mean, three times or more, um, it's just like Get School Foundation, which was just the ugliest of 2020 because that's a resource that I refer most of my students to, to supplement the money that they're not receiving from FAFSA. So for some reason, this foundation, whose parent company is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, just left over 125 million records just open to anyone. Um, it's, it's becoming exhausting to just, if you can't trust your government, if you can't trust foundations just to help us get the knowledge that we need, who can we trust?